Wasn't that video I sent you funny? I thought that was so cute. She did a great job of the Jesse's girl thing. Oh, yes. That was amazing. I was like, what was the video you said? And I was going back through. I was like, well, you didn't send me a video of um, what what Congress is showing for the impeachment. You didn't send me a video of the cat lawyer guy. You didn't send me. <laughs> I didn't send you a picture. I didn't send you the video you didn't, of the cat lawyer You didn't guy. send me Cassie Steele doing her buss it challenge. <laughs> Why like, is it called a buss it challenge? I'm not on social media these days, so I can't I don't know you. what it is either. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Are you on the TikTok? No. Okay. Maybe we would know no. if we were on the TikTok. I know that it's called, like, is that song must be called that. Yeah, it must be. Buss it. Are you drinking? Mm-hmm. Fuck you. <sighs> Who do you think you are, Stenny Hoyer? You're <laughs> such a Stenny. You're more of a Dutch Rupersberger. <laughs> you know, I wish that I had Stenny Hoyer. <laughs> Whatever it takes. That rage will get you through. So welcome to another episode of the Degrassi Every Episode Ever Marathon Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Maryland Congressman Dutch Rupersberger, Charles Dutch Rupersberger III. I'm the congressman for Rachel and her family, uh, their district there. My name is Dutch Rupersberger. I'm a good friend with the other Maryland uh, Congressman Steady Hoyer. (laughs) Pat loves Steady Hoyer. The great, some of the best names in all of Congress come out of Maryland. Mm-hmm. Look no further than Democrat Steny Hoyer and me, Democrat Charles. Charles? Charles. Charles Dutch Rupersberger. Rupersberger? Charles, Charles Albert Dutch Charles Rupersberger. Albert Dutch Rupersberger third. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of the show. I love the show. <laughs> Every episode, ever marathon podcast. One of my favorites. Mm-hmm. When I'm at when I'm sitting a long day at Congress, mm-hmm. I sometimes pop in an earlier bud. Nobody could see it. One of those, one of the wireless jams. Mm-hmm. Pop it in. And sometimes I don't even pay attention to what's happening on the house floor. I don't even listen to Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Like if you're on there, I mean, you got to be paying attention, but you could have someone take notes for you, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have an aide who does that. Mm -hmm. They take notes while I listen to Pat and Rachel pontificate about Degrassi, the next generation. My favorite uh, iteration of, of the Degrassi mythos. Mm. This so reminds me. That reminds me of when we used to sneak discmen into uh, into classes in high school and try I to hide the them same. and listen I used to, to do stuff. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, by the way, I'm Pat Dutch Rupersberger. Just bailed. He had to get back to Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. He's not part of the Senate trial, but he's hanging out. He's checking in to see what's going on. Make sure all it's all friends. okay. Yeah. Um, what I used to do when I was a, a kid, I used to love to listen to the Howard Stern program. Mm-hmm. So I would take a Walkman into school with, mm-hmm. and I would tune the radio to the Howard Stern show. And I had earbuds, but they uh-huh. were obviously wired because I'm an old person. Uh-huh. And I would run the wire yep. through my Same. sleeve. Mm-hmm. And then I would like hold the, mm-hmm. the headphones in the palm of my hand and put my head and I would listen to Howard Stern. Yep. That's exactly how I would listen to things as well. I'd run. What were you listening to there? A couple of uh, fuel records and probably uh, it was, some... it was my disc man. So you did have to make sure it was laid flat and not upright. Mm, so yeah, it actually played. Skip. Yeah. yeah. But I had, I had some kind of broken headphones. So like the actual thing that connected the two of them was broken, but I had like each half individually. Yeah. And so I could just sit there with my head uh, in my hand and listen to it. And it was you'd have to listen fed to through quietly, my sweater. So. So it wouldn't bleed through and the teacher wouldn't hear. Yeah. Can I graduate? <laughs> Coming out of the exactly. speaker there. Yeah, you got to be careful. <laughs> I know what you were listening to. Mother, mother. Oh, yeah. All the hits. Tracy Bonham. What a lovely person. The um, best. What about Jill Sobule? Are you listening to Jill Sobule? What did she do? Can you sing it for I me? I kissed a girl. <laughs> right? Was that her? Yeah. Can you sing some you more of it? it I don't what know. Sing, it sing some more of it. I, do, I, I feel like you're trying to bait me into something. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just trying to bait you into singing more of the song. I only know. The I fans love your singing. Jill Sobule. Mm-hmm. 
Did she have another hit song? Are you trying to get? I feel no, like no, you're... I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you remember Jill Sobuel? I remember the name. Yeah. She sang "I Kissed a Girl." Okay. Not "I Kissed the Girl" just to try it. That's a different one. That's Katy Perry. Catherine Perry. Catherine. Yeah, Kath- Catherine or Kathleen. <clears throat> I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> I don't mean to. I'm not shitting on Katy Perry. She's fine. I have no problem mm-hmm. with her. You like Katy Perry? We can't say anything bad about pop stars now because we'll end up on a Britney Spears documentary. <laughs> so we got to be careful what we say about pop stars. Um, but I, I'm I not, have, I'm not have, making light of it. I have no yes. feelings about Katy Perry. But speaking of pop stars, did you watch the weekend's uh, halftime performance at the Super Bowl this weekend? Yeah, it's pretty much the only thing in the Super Bowl I watched. What do you think? Uh, sweaty. It was sweaty. It was pretty sweaty. I thought that was like a lot of uh. It was fine. It's that wasn't for me, but it, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I I like the weekend. Fine. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I thought it was good considering the constraints of mm-hmm. like. I think that they made it work and still seem like a really big thing. What was weird was like when it would get intimate. It felt weird. I was like, this isn't normal for like yeah. a Super Bowl performance for it yeah. to be like, oh, I'm all up in someone's face. Like that seems very strange but i really liked um what they did with the the choir and the dancers i thought they had some yeah, pretty cool. cool stuff going on and i like i like the weekend great pop music i didn't like recognize a lot of those songs if i'm being honest i know i knew like half of them because i know yeah. the singles and then well because you're always in in a peloton class yeah yeah i used to i was thinking I, I was telling my mom i was like oh i don't know any of the pop music anymore because i don't go to the grocery store i don't go to like a clothing store and i don't go to spin class anymore so and when i when i do uh a bike app class like peloton i don't own a peloton i have a indoor bike yeah. that is much cheaper than a peloton um when i do a smellaton when i do a class like that i can just search for the 90s alt rock and just stay in my lane right. and not right. really experience anything else that that jill so Buell's playlist you got <laughs> of all the big jill so Buell hits mm-hmm. I remember, I believe Jill So Buell came back at one point. Like she was, I'm not even making this up. Mm-hmm. I believe that Jill So Buell was one of the first people to crowdfund an album. Mm-hmm. That's it. But that's, that is that's pretty thing. cool. Yeah. That's like, a, she was one of the first people who was like, listen, no, no record label pay me to do this. You guys like me. And mm-hmm. she got, and it was like quick, like it was funded really fast. So I think again, not the best at fact check. You know, we fly by to the seat of our pants here. I don't know what we're going to talk about, so I can't get everything right. Yeah, yeah. I kissed the girl just to try it. Yeah, there was no left shark in, in this performance, unfortunately. No. I liked it. It was good. I mean, it was fun. It's just, you know, whatever. I didn't know a lot of the songs. I can't feel my face when I'm with you, but I that like used to it. Be- one of my favorite spin songs. It's a good song. Yeah. The songs are are very good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like his songs with uh, someone who we're very familiar with, or the one song that he has that I know with Drake. Mm-hmm. We're loving a crew. We're loving a crew. Speaking of Drake, did you see Drake's State Farm commercial? You sent it to me in a text because yeah. I did not see it. I ended <laughs> up seeing it after you sent it to me in a text message. And I did. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Charisma he was great days. in it. Paul Rudd was great in it. It makes me wish he'd act again. Yeah. Loving the crew, loving the crew. I mean, part of me was like, maybe he'll play crew love and Drake will come out. He <laughs> no. Didn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, the problem with a pandemic. You can't just bring like all your friends on stage with no, you. No, but he had a bunch of people running around with <laughs> jock straps on their face. It's a mask. <laughs> yeah, I know. But they look like jock straps. They looked like Us, the movie Us. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Rach? Otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, pal? I'm good. We're in the middle of this impeachment. It's not going to happen. He's not going to get convicted. But you know no. what? I think it's good that it happens. Make these people pick. Make these mm-hmm. people in, in. They have to go on sight. the record and actually say this is bad. Like, yeah. let these re- let Marco Rubio have to say, you know what? It's not insurrection, and then see what happens. I am actually glad. I know that they asked Trump to testify, and I'm glad that he's not there. I think that would make it so much more of a circus than I it kind is. of agree. They asked him, but they didn't subpoena him, so they kind of so they knew he wasn't going to come. Mm-hmm. You know what's hilarious is Marco Rubio has been kissing the ring. 
mm-hmm. up and down. It is going to be so hilarious in 2022 when after Mar- obedient little Marco kissed the ring and bowed down and licked the boot when Ivanka Trump fucking primaries them. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. Because it's going to happen. It's going to fucking yeah, happen. Yeah, that's and the problem this, with Florida. He deserves it because he's a little, he's a little that's, shit. That's one of the problems with Florida, I should say. Not the problem. <laughs> There's many problems with Florida. Nah, it's good. <laughs> I can't feel my face when I'm with you. But we're not here to talk about Florida or Marco I'm also glad that not feeling your face is not a symptom of COVID because that song would not have gone over well. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's a good point. I lose my taste when I'm with you. Wait, is that COVID? Is that funny? No, it's probably (laughs) insensitive, but we're not here to talk about Florida. Mm. We're not here to talk about Marco Rubio, Ivanka Trump. We're not here to talk about Steny Hoyer, though I wish we had a Steny Hoyer podcast because I would be good. We could just that's talk about it. That's our next him. podcast. <laughs> just talk about that's good it, old that's gonna be That's going to be next month's bonus episode on the Patreon. It's just a Steny Hoyer podcast. I'm going to do I'm just going to read Steny Hoyer's Wikipedia page on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, this is interesting. Did you know? I don't know anything about him except that he walked this floor with the picture of Marjorie Taylor Greene. He don't like her. Mm-mm. But we're not here to talk about any of those people. We're here to talk about Degrassi the Next Generation, specifically an episode of Degrassi the Next Generation. That is episode 708. Uh, the name of the, uh, how do I do this? It's the 126th proper episode of Degrassi the Next Generation. But because of all the two parters, we're at the 101st. This is the 101st episode of Degrassi, 25 episodes behind. In the real tally of the show. show. The episode is, of course, called Jesse's Girl. Jesse's Girl is a Rick Springfield song. Rachel, what's your favorite Rick Springfield song? I feel like you have an answer for this. It is Jesse's Girl. Uh. <laughs> I loved Jesse's Girl. I also had a crush on someone named Jesse for a long time. So obviously, Jesse's Girl. Je- you were hoping yeah. you could be Jesse's Girl. Jesse's Girl. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love this song. It's. It's creepy, but it's great. It's a great song. His, he has a couple of good albums. He was a power pop kind of a guy. He, you know, he gets labeled as a one hit wonder, but he really wasn't. He had like two pretty successful albums with a couple mm-hmm. of hits. Jesse's Girl is certainly the best one. I prefer uh, my Rick Springfield as the co-star of the great Meryl Streep vehicle, Ricky and the Flash. I don't know if you've ever seen <laughs> the great movie, Ricky and the Flash, where he plays her lover slash guitar player in the Flash. Uh-huh. What a performance by Ricky Springfield. Ricky Springfield, he's a buddy of mine. I didn't know he was in that. That's yeah, funny. He's, he's I all... never saw that movie, so. Oh, it's great. You got to see Ricky in The Flash. He was yeah. also on General Hospital, I believe, for like wow. 100 years. Yeah, oh, yeah. He became a big time soap opera actor. What's your favorite Rick Springfield song? It's probably Jesse's Girl. I like the album Working Man's Dog. <laughs> which that album is that song is on. There's very like power pop like uh yeah. like Almost like budget Elvis Costello vibes to it, but it's mm-hmm. uh, he had some good. He wasn't terrible, you know. He didn't have a ton of hits, but what are you gonna do? No. Jesse's girl used to great effect. I already just referenced it uh, earlier in the film Boogie Nights. One of my favorite scenes of any movie is the scene where uh, Dirk Diggler and and Reed Rothschild go to the house of Alfred Molina's drug dealer character, and he's playing his mixtapes. And on one of those is Jesse's Girl. It's great. I've never seen that movie. Oh, so. you got to see it. Put it on your list. Yeah. You're watching movies. Yeah, yeah. Don't watch it with your parents. There's a lot of fucking in it. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch it by myself. It's so great. You're going to love it. Oh, my God. You're going to love it. Uh, speaking of movies, I watched two this weekend that were very sweet and enjoyable movies. And so I just... Uh, you want to drop? You want to drop them on, yeah, the, on, yeah. on the broomheads? They want to hear about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I watched... Uh, Rachel's Movie Corner. Rachel's watching pictures. <laughs> She's going to tell you about them. It's Rachel's Movie Corner. And um, I wouldn't say either of these are like mind-blowingly amazing movies, but they were just both good movies to watch. And I'm just looking right now for things that are will take me out of this hellhole that we're in and transport me to somewhere else for two hours. Um, so I watched Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Palm Springs. Yeah, and fine. I watched 
I watched uh, King of Staten Island. Oh, I watched that recently too. I, I thought it was very sweet. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't love it. It was very yeah. long. But um, it was very long. I really loved. You know what I thought the uh, the 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 stealer of the show in that movie was. Uh, Belle Polly, who played his girlfriend. Yes, she's the best. I agree. I thought that she was amazing, and she's British. Yes. I never would have guessed. Yeah, she did a great job. I even thought Maude Apatow did a pretty good Staten Island accent there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was fun. It, if I think if it was like forty minutes shorter, it could have been a yeah. great movie. But that's yeah, Judd Apatow for you, you know. It definitely could have been edited a bit more. Yeah, it was good. I I liked Palm Springs as well. That was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember much about it. I saw it when it like first came out on Hulu, yeah. but I remember it was good. Yeah, it was enjoyable. So I'd recommend watching both of those if if you need a couple hours of escapism. And this has been Rachel's Movie Corner. She's watching pictures for everybody. She's going to tell you if they're good or bad, but mostly she's only going to tell you about the good ones. <laughs> You got to watch Boogie Nights. You got to see it. Brumids, if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, what a great, what a blast. I will try. I will try. Yeah. It's a great scene with Alfred Molini's. They got the kid throwing the fireworks in the air in the house. Oh, it's mm-hmm. tension filled. And then they play Jesse's girl and they close up on Dirk Diggler's face and Mark Wahlberg's face for a long, uncomfortably long time. <sighs> Check it out. Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl. The Jesse's girl that we're talking about here is, of course, Ellie, Ellie Nash, Eleanor mm-hmm. Nash, mm-hmm. one of our favorite characters. Is she? Um, <laughs> that's a long pause. <laughs> I, I would say I, I don't know, actually. I like Ellie and then I hate Ellie. I don't hate Ellie. I never hate her, but I'm never in that into her. No, she's never as exciting as I remember her being somehow like. I, maybe well, I thought that she was more, maybe it was just because I related to the gothness of Ellie. I just kind of think, like, is the case with many of the characters that they don't spend a ton of time with. They don't really know who the fuck she is. Yeah. At all. Right? Yeah. Like, her actions in this episode are, are, are very... I, I, I wrote down s- that I felt they were very uncharacteristic of Ellie, but then I thought about it and I was like, but I don't really know what is characteristic of Ellie. I don't yeah. know anything. I really don't know about this person. Yeah, I feel Marco's afraid she's going to be an alcoholic because she had a fucking two glasses of wine. These people. I know. And because her mom's an alcoholic and like, yes, it does run in the family, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be an alcoholic. And also, we've never had any inkling of this any time before. So. She's 18 years old. Let her have a couple of glasses of wine. Jesus yeah. Christmas. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Jesse is t- doing some stuff. <laughs> when we get to the B story, there's a part of it that I completely missed that I don't understand at okay. all. So I'm going to have to ask you about it. Okay. So Ellie's story gets pulled because there's some sort of lecture that's supposed to happen at the school, and Jesse gets to interview the person that will be at the lecture. I guess they're going to write an article about it. Yeah. And so then she's mad and she's like, oh, is this because I'm like sleeping with the boss that like I don't get the same level of respect as a journalist? Um, but then that lecturer steps down and decides not to come. So then her story's back in. Like yeah. this seemed kind of like, OK, it's like lead up, but very boring. boring yeah, this lead up. all happens, <laughs> I believe, in the in the cold open, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um so then Ellie's like, well, hey, I know someone who might be good for this lecture series. It's the wonderful Caitlin Ryan. Conveniently back so that she can sleep with Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> and that and, is it. And, and like ruin Ellie's life for a moment. Yeah. So she gets, she's like, has the front page story. So she's all excited. And then I guess Jesse's going to write a story. They, they explained that the guy, the person coming to give the lecture was like a, uh, psychic or something? Yeah, I was very confused because at first I was like, are they saying Bill Nye? Because it almost sounded like that's Bill Nye. That's what I thought too. <laughs> and they then did. they were saying something about this person being a psychic and I was like, that's not Bill no, Nye. <laughs> you know what? I just realized what the joke is. What? I'm dead serious. This is what I thought happened. She was making a joke. The guy's name is Bill Lye, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then when they say that, 
she, cause what she says is something about a, I thought a seance guy, which is why I thought a psychic, but what it was is she was making a joke and saying the science guy. She was also thinking oh, she heard Bill, Bill Nye. Nye. So she's like, you're going to give my front page story up to the science guy, which in her Canadian sounded like seance, seance guy. guy. So oh, I thought it must have been a psychic. I thought the I, same thing, so... too. I wrote like seance guy. <laughs> Dude, now here's the thing. I could be wrong and that could it could just be a coincidence. Yeah. But looking back, like if she's saying seance guy, sometimes... I do mishear what Ellie says because she she's has heavy a very Canadian. strong accent sometimes. Yeah, she really does. But I think that's what happened. I think she was making a joke, mm-hmm. but we still don't know who Bill Lye is, or no, maybe no. it is the science guy. Maybe, it, maybe it is Bill Lye. <laughs> maybe it's. I mean, it is Bizarro Canada. Maybe Bill Lye is their science guy. Maybe no. Maybe they are saying. Maybe legitimately, Bill Nye, the science guy, was coming there. Mm-hmm. I really don't know, but I yeah. it's the pieces are starting to fit. <laughs> now that we're talking about it. The broomheads um, are like, I can't believe this conversation because they know the answer. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. either not Bill Nye or it is Bill Nye the science yeah. guy. <laughs> we'll let you all weigh in. But um, then he cancels, the, whoever the speaker is cancels for like, do, do we know why? Or do you just? They said a reason. I just don't remember what it was. <laughs> It didn't write it down because it wasn't important enough to me in the story. Uh, so, so yeah, she's like, maybe I can help you with, uh, with finding a replacement for your fucking lecture, lecture. series. So she finds Caitlin Ryan, mm-hmm. looking good, Stacy Mystician. Yeah, and did you notice that her hair is darker? Yeah, I did not notice. long, not long after it's it's brown, it's not red, but not long after, uh, Jesse made a comment about liking redheads. Hilarious. I didn't even think of that. Mm -hmm. So her hair's long. I only like remember her when she had that short haircut. Did she come back with longer hair at any point? No, I don't think so. The last time we saw old Mr. Show was when Snake had the affair with uh, Hatsu Oh, yeah. And and she came back to comfort Spike. Right, right, right. That's the last time I remember seeing her. Yeah. So... She gets Caitlin Ryan, but uh, Frashman Jesse was supposed to interview the person for the lecture. And Ellie and Caitlin are like, well, we think it should be Ellie because, you know, we have this relationship already and it would be really good. Yeah, because she's the mentee and the mentor yeah. situation. You so, know, she's uh, uh, she's one of the mo- I don't know if you know this, but Caitlin Ryan's one of the most influential environmentalists. Oh. In uh, in all of the world. Did you know that? No. She says that. Oh, okay. I'm glad that or she he, told me. Or actually, I think Jesse says that. He goes, you got one of the most influential environmentalists to come speak at Degrassi. I mean, at the core. Or wherever the fuck they go to school. Where do they go to school? Degrassi <laughs> College? <laughs> University of Toronto, I think. They go to the fucking Peach Pit After Dark College. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because not long after this, Ellie calls Froshman Jesse Boss Man Jesse. Like and so was I was hot. like, oh, should we start calling him Boss Man Jesse? So I feel like this, the messaging was confusing because mm-hmm. so Ellie says, I, when Ellie first announces, like, I'm going to do this Q&A, not you, you get mm-hmm. the feeling that this is going to be like kind of like a toxic masculinity, like I can't handle the woman doing better than me. But mm-hmm. then it's not because he's a little bit upset at the beginning and then he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But then it's about Ellie. It's sort of commenting on Ellie making mm-hmm. bad decisions. But then it's also kind of about feminism and picking your job over your boyfriend which he ultimately ends up supporting very confused with the messaging of this episode like what's the moral and how am i supposed to feel about it (laughs) i don't know i mean i kind of felt like the message was that ellie should choose her career over this one guy and not let that stand in her way agreed but also she went she did the opposite at first. Right. 
And then she did the right thing. Right. And also the other message is to not drink, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because here, but my thing, I actually kind of like this part of it. Yeah. Because what I thought they were going to end up going for was this like angry Jesse mm-hmm. about like, I'm a man and I should have these. Things. And they don't do that at all. In fact, I'd argue well, that when she comes back around in the end and she's like, I'm not going to be your girlfriend, but I'm staying at this paper. Yeah. He seems very pleased with her. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought I thought they were going to maybe do that. Then I thought that they were going to do the choosing love over your possible career. And then they went with the she's going to drink and make a fool out of everyone. Yeah. And I like, didn't. Yeah. I when they started to do that, I was like, no, don't make her do that. Like, can can she just be above it? Like <laughs> I'm weirdly satisfied though with all the twists and turns this episode takes. Because and we'll get to it. We should probably start doing that. That's my fault. I jumped ahead. Because mm-hmm. like she does make a fool of herself, but by the end of it, we kind of get the comeback. Yes, yes. And exactly. it's not out of like so basically what happens is Ellie's like, if I'm doing this QA, I have to go home tonight and I have to prep Frosh Man Jesse. You have to go to this party and mingle with Caitlin or something. Mm-hmm. So she the, she's trying to prep at her at her apartment. But what's his face? Garrett. I always call him Garrett. What's his name? Griffin. Griffin. They're very similar names. They're, they're, they're hard G names. Yeah. Griffin. Uh, Three, two syllable hard G first names (laughs) that you don't hear a lot. Nothing like a hard G. So Griffin is having a party and, uh, to which Ellie laments, well, this is what you get when you pick an engineering major as your roommate. And I was like, what is that? Is that is that a thing like that you I, have big parties? I wonder if that's an inside joke that we just missed the first time around, possibly. Yeah. So what she decides to do is she's like, I got to get out of here. I'm going to have this quick margarita to which Grandpa Marco. Oh, Marco, you're such a grandpa. You never have any socks on the door Marco, because you're always Marco, a complainer. Putting coasters out for everyone with their little plastic martini glasses that have margaritas in them. They have made this character literally into like everybody's. It's like, you know what? We're going to have a gay character and we're just going to have. But you know what? He's going to be so sexless and and grandfatherly that like no one could possibly get mad about it. Um, So. She goes to she's like, I'm going to go study at the core. And I mean, I knew this was going to happen because they set it up early when Freshman Jesse is taking money from an advertiser who's an older woman and he's flirting with her. And Ellie says, you only have two speeds off and flirt. (laughs) But they're kind of joshing about it. So she walks into the core and who what is happening? But. Frashman Jesse is getting down and dirty, about to enter into the bone zone with Miss Influential Environmentalist herself, Caitlin Ryan, Stacy Mystician. Gasp. They look hot together, I will say. They do. I would have watched and it. And I was like, oh my God, she's so much older, but she's really not that much older. No, like, she's 30. Yeah. I would have watched it. I would have I would have stayed around. I would have stuck around and watched it, Fazelli, just to see what's going on. What was on. so weird to me about this whole situation is that neither Ellie nor Jesse mentioned to Caitlin that the two of them are dating. I wasn't sure about the whole time. I'm like, does she not know? And then obviously, Ellie finally tells her at the end, and yeah, she didn't even know. Yeah. So she's getting hers. I was like, good for Stacy Mystician, because again, she doesn't know, mm-hmm. so she's not really doing anything bad. She's just trying to get you know a little nibble. <laughs> she's just a squirrel looking for a nut you know what i mean two nuts actually <laughs> unless he has testicular yeah, cancer we don't which we don't know actually if he does or he doesn't i don't think mm-hmm. he does so that the next we see ellie and freshman jesse he's like apologizing but he doesn't even seem very contrite but he's like i hate myself for what i did and this is another kind of thing where like Ellie's in the headspace of like, she wants to have a mature relationship. And in her head, that means like not getting mad if he fucks around. And also quitting your job just because it, it interferes with your relationship. (laughs) Yeah. He basically says he's not ready to like give up on them, which I'm like, dog, you don't have a really a fucking choice in the matter. If she wants to leave, she's leaving. 
Yeah, he's the one who's fucking around with other people, so... Which he's done in the past. Yeah. Frush man, Jesse. More like cheat man, Jesse. Does that work? <laughs> Maybe. Cheat man, cheat better. man's got another big plan. Less than Jake, but it's not cheat man. It's <laughs> dope man. Um, so yeah, she's like, I have to pick between... Because the the other thing hanging over this is her feeling that she's, which you said earlier, that like the everybody doesn't take her seriously because she's Jesse's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Which that might be in her head, but also it could be true. It could be true. You know? I mean, I feel like people have been picking on her the whole time that she's worked there. At the core. Mm-hmm. The fifth largest circulated newspaper in all of Canada. Is it circulated? We don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> could be online only. It could be. No, I think there's a print edition. <laughs> I think you can get the print edition. It's one of those big New York Times kind of things. Oh, yeah. that's so hard to open. Yeah. I'm doing it. You can't see it because this isn't a visual medium. <laughs> That's the whole reason why man spreading exists is because that's the only way you could have space for your newspaper. <laughs> You're right on the subway. Like you can't be all crammed up trying to read that, that big tabloid paper. You got to need some space. <laughs> you know, I wish that I had Jesse's girl. Paper spreading. So what happens? So yeah, I don't remember. Oh, so well, so then Ellie just de- well Ellie decides that she's still got to do this interview and she's talking to Paige, and Paige is like, "No, you should really leave this guy for for." Paige your is being job. very much a b- big feminist here, because mm-hmm. she's basically saying that in order. See, this is where I was a little confused though, because he cheated on her. Okay, so mm-hmm. but she wants to try to stay together, so. What does being at the paper have to do with that? Like, why does quitting the paper give them a better chance at being together? It doesn't. I think it's just that she's struggling at being at the paper, but also being his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she decides at some point that being his girlfriend is more important, but she decides that after he makes out with Caitlin at the paper. Yeah. Do you want to know what (laughs) another... seems counterintuitive. You want to know what another Jill Sobule song is? Yes. I want to be a supermodel because I'm oh. cool and I'm hip, so beautiful. From Clueless. I know that one. I want to mm-hmm. be a mm-hmm. supermodel. Seems like a tr- regressive song, but it's probably not if you really read. I didn't I didn't really pay much attention to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Loved Clueless. I love it. One of my favorites. I want my hair to shine like the sea, too. Mm-hmm. Me, too. I want your. I don't have hair, so I can't even. I want yeah. your hair to shine. Do you want your beard? Yeah, my to, gray to shine like some, this. Some real grays coming in there. Oh, I'm getting some gray hairs. They're all coming in like here and here. So I'm hoping I get some cool streaks. Ooh, out of Bonnie it. Raitt style. Yeah. Hey, hey, have a heart. I love Bonnie Raitt. Oh, she's so great. I grew up listening to a lot of Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, like let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> A little mystery to figure I mean, it out. I think Caitlin and Jesse gave them something to talk about. Totally. It's not love. It's lust. <laughs> I used to, when back in the before times, me and my old, my old pal, Mike Torpy. You remember Mike Torpy? I do remember to, Mike Torpy, yeah. We used to sing that song at karaoke together. People are talking, talking <laughs> about people. <laughs> we would sing it like that. You won't believe it. <laughs> I can I imagine it. I do love uh, <laughs> Make Me an Angel Flies from Montgomery. How did we get into Bonnie Raitt? Because anyway, you talked about your hair. Uh, so she's quitting the paper. Paige is like, girl, are you kidding me? Sometimes you gotta bite the bullet and take the job more important than the boy. I'm loving Paige here. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of being buddies because she's helping her pick out an outfit for this Q and A. Yeah. Well, what's what's weird though is that I think it's Ellie who says that sometimes walking away is a mature thing to do, but she meant walking away from the job at the paper, <laughs> not the not the relationship. She says that. I think you're right. Yeah, which was what was weird about it. But then she always goes. But then Paige says something about like you should you, you need to make. A de- she's something a about your professional life versus love life. And she's like, I already made that decision and I'm not sure I made the right choice. 
Yeah. This was a little, I got to be honest, this was a little confusing of an episode. It, it was in the way it went kind of back and forth. And then Ellie goes to interview Caitlin at the thing and she just starts drinking a ton of wine because she can't <laughs> deal with the fact that Caitlin made out with her boyfriend and no one knows that. Which I mean, I'm not, I'm mad at Caitlin. I'm not mad at Caitlin because she didn't know, but like, I understand like what she shouldn't be like a crazy person for being upset about walking in on her boyfriend. Like it's crazy. But what's, what's crazy about it is that no one knows that it's, I mean, no, by no one. Caitlin still doesn't know that that's her boyfriend. She only knows like Jesse doesn't fucking say anything. It's all Jesse's fault, really. Is like that's who the only person we should be mad at. But it's funny because I was mad at Caitlin, and then I was like, oh, but Caitlin didn't even know. So like, why why should I be mad no, at her? No, exactly. So so uh, Ellie gets drunk and then does this Q and A and basically is like, why did you sleep with my boyfriend with Jess? <laughs> First of all, she doesn't even say my boyfriend. She's like, Je-. so Caitlin's just thinking like, why is this girl like doing a gotcha thing to me at this event? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "Just tell us why would you sleep? Why would you kiss Jesse, Freshman Jesse?" She said that, which I was surprised by because I thought we were the only people who called him you called Freshman, him Freshman Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. And then she storms uh, storms off, but not before calling Caitlin a slut. <laughs> what Degrassi always does. Now, you could have simply had this be. She's at the Q&A, exactly as it happens. She's drinking mm-hmm. too much. We see her drinking that wine. But it, they had to plant the thing at the beginning of the episode where she drinks one margarita. And Marco's like, you know, Ellie, your mom's an alcoholic. Maybe you shouldn't drink. Like, they don't need to insist that now no. she's an alcoholic because she had a moment. Like, just let that does. It's so the foreshadowing thing is just over the top. It's so unnecessary because, like, is that going to be a storyline even? Like, all like you can be completely upset about something and drink, like, three glasses of wine very quickly. Totally. I do it. I, I mean, it's February. I'm not doing it now, but I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just the idea that, like, they had to plant the seed for us that, like, maybe she's an alcoholic. No, she's pissed off. So she drank a bunch of wine. She was nervous anyway. Mm-hmm. So the next morning, she's, like, at home. And Marco realizes she's hungover and he he goes, Ellie, we talked about this. And I'm like, what? Talked about what? She's not allowed to ever drink because her mother's a drunk. (laughs) If everybody whose mother is a drunk didn't ever have a drink, no one would drink. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) But it is probably very true for a lot of people. It's just so crazy to me that like we're on the verge for I I'm feeling like the next time we see Ellie, she's gonna be like mainlining vodka with a coming back a- <laughs> coming back from like rehab. Yeah. So Caitlin shows up at the house and she's like, Why did you embarrass me like that? And that's when Ellie's like, Well, Jesse's my boyfriend. Do we get do we know anything redeeming about Jesse, to be honest? Like, I'm looking at him right now and he seems fine, but he seems like a shitty boyfriend. He's like, fine. He's like a shitty, he's like that boyfriend you have at that point in time. Yeah. That's like kind of a shitty guy who's like, look it, it's cool, but just like make out with other people. Whatever, man. I mm. actually think, so Caitlin says, she says she quit the paper and Caitlin's like, oh no, 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 girl. So she mm. basically forgives Ellie right here. Yeah. And that's when Ellie decides she's not going to quit the paper. So she goes back to the paper and that's when Jesse sees her. And at this point, Jesse thinks they're back together, but she's like, you know what? I'm staying at the paper, but we're not back together. And I'll say a redeeming thing for me about Jesse is that he kind of smiles there and mm-hmm. is like, oh, all right. I kind of like that. Yeah. We're like, he gets it, but I'm like, do you get it? Because you're an asshole and you, it's, you know, it's coming. <laughs> like, Well, I think he, he's, proud of her because she also says because he calls her frosh then she's like from now on call me ellie mm-hmm. he's the frosh man yeah he's the f- you <laughs> it is you who are the frosh man jesse <laughs> she is the ellie ellen from i wish she would just be like from now on call me eleanor oh wait sorry i mean ellie <laughs> <laughs> wait maybe i do want it to be El- mm. <laughs> let me think about it yeah, Ellie is a confusing character, and I think it's because they just aren't sure. They don't know what they want her to be. Yeah, I don't think they've really figured out what 
who she is or what she is or anything. Like she came in as this extreme goth girl that made Ashley kind of go goth a little bit. And they bonded over that and were friends with nothing in common. <laughs> and she was and troubled. And then they she like forgot homeland. about that with her, which is fine. You know, you don't need to be goth for the rest of your life, but you know, she had that cutting storyline and then that alcoholic mother storyline. And then she lived with Sean for a while, which I forget about constantly. Yeah, she and she lived that with him in that, in that, in the house that she, what did I used to say? The two-bedroom apartment. The two-bedroom apartment, yeah. That Mr. LaPotata had paid for. Who paid for it? Yeah. The, well, the government, government paid Government subsidized two-bedroom apartment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but she also, and then she became like a big-time journo. Mm-hmm. Journo. That's what they call them. She has been into journalism for a long time. I will give them yes. that. Yeah, so at least we do know that much about her. Mm-hmm. That, that feels real. Mm-hmm. I want to, she's like a character that I desperately want to like. Yeah, I just feel like we don't ever get to see that much of her. And then when we do, she's like, fine. But it's always, it's always like her liking some guy or some guy liking her and it's unrequited. And that's about it. Like there's <laughs> it's no funny other though, Because I feel the exact same way. I feel like Ellie is a character that like, isn't on there that much, but then you just went through like a litany of like big stories she's had. Yeah. Like she is involved, but like, she just feels so <laughs> sl- like she's had probably just as many stories as Emma, but like, right? I feel like I know Emma so much better than her. Yeah. I, well, I think what's hard about Ellie is that they don't really give her, or they don't really give you an insight into like what she's thinking or feeling about things. It's either like she liked Craig for all those years, but I don't know. It's they they really don't give her much depth other than like as a woman who likes guys. And she doesn't yes. come off as that kind of character either. She comes off as like someone with more depth to her, but then they really don't like write that into That's her true. character. That's a good at all. point. She's oftentimes defined by who her boyfriend is on the show. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. But not as interesting as the Beast story. It's actually significantly more. Actually, this B story is okay. <laughs> my my notes all have exclamation points after that. Dude, it's Holly like, J is a straight up sociopath. <laughs> like oh we've talked God. about sociopaths before. It's so funny, and I've talked about this in uh, once before, where I was like, if Holly J was a a male. A, mm-hmm. ma- a guy character I'd want to rip his head off and I I really I thought Holly J was pretty terrible in this episode but I still yeah. like when she does things I still like chuckle at them because I don't know yeah. I don't know I don't know oh man. my god so <laughs> we get to actually meet Anya Anya's a real person yeah but I'm not wrong she is kind of like the, the clone in personality mm-hmm. to, or not even personality but just like yeah. does whatever she's told by the queen yeah. bee yeah, exactly. Um, Holly J bullies her Oof. excessively. She is a uh, a emotional abuser, if ever we've seen one. Oh my god, it's extreme! Like extreme because- emotional abuse. And again, like with many other characters, I'm like, are we actually going to like her at some point? How do we get to that point? I've seen later Holly J episodes and don't remember hating her this much, but she's been awful in this season so far i think she becomes a beloved character i believe um yeah she treats anya terribly mia is trying to be nice to anya and holly j does not like mia so she just immediately is like anything that mia says to anya holly j has to like just tear it down immediately (laughs) yeah anya's like those says to anya i mean to anya says to what's her name Mia. Mia. Um, nice jeans. And then Holly <laughs> J says, yeah, they really, <laughs> they really accentuate your cellulite. <laughs> Which oh is God. not funny, but it's funny. I mean, it's, it's so like- funny how over the top <laughs> mean it is. It's so over the top mean. And it's also like, Mia is super skinny and it's just like a horrible thing to say, but it's just mean girls being mean. And she's also like super nice. Like she's doing nothing but like trying to be nice to Anya. And then, and, and then Holly J's like, right, Anya. And Anya's like, yeah, they are a little tight. And then they leave and then they're they're in class and Derek is in front of them and she taps Derek on the shoulder and she goes, Derek, Derek, there's something on your face. And he goes to touch. She's like, what is it? She goes, (laughs) Ugliness. 
<laughs> Pat loves a, a good funny bully. <laughs> It's, it's just so over the that's top. That's why I'm laughing. It's like the like think of what's the meanest thing you can say. And listen, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. I don't know. I haven't been in high school in 20 something years, but like holy shit. The just the the audacity of how mean she is is like uh disarms me in a way that I can't explain. Yeah, I'm just impressed that someone would go that far and hasn't gotten in trouble for it and continues to do that. So basically what's happening is here, anytime Holly J sees Anya sort of like making buddy-buddy with uh, Mia, she goes one step further to make Anya's life miserable. She's very jealous of the idea of her being friends with Mia. And then I'm confused about the cheating thing. I don't really get what, I don't, I missed it somehow. You missed one other thing oh, too. What which else? Is what else did she Anya, say? Anya's dyslexic. And so she's struggling <laughs> to read in class. It's not funny. It's not funny, but the way Holly it's J. It's not funny, but the way that Holly J treats it is just like awful. She's like, oh, because um, <laughs> she's trying to read in class. And, uh, and she's like, Oh my God, she's dyslexic. We're going to be here all day. <laughs> Horrible. It's just, it's so terrible. So, oh God. So terrible. then what happens is that they're supposed to do this lab for their science class. Right. And Anya's like, hey, are we going to work on it over lunch? And Holly J's like, mm, my sister did this. We can just take what she had done previously, the famous Heather Sinclair. <sighs> that's what happened. Um, okay, that's what happened. And, and copy it and, you know, retype it. And like, you know, the dumb thing is the fact that this teacher is continuing to use the same assignment. This shit is incredible. So, oh, yeah, my God. It's so funny. So Anya goes along with it because she does. She wants to appease Holly J. And she. I guess retypes the whole lab. Like, Anya's like, I'm not a cheater. I'm not doing that. And she's like, Oh really? Something like that. Yeah. And then she like threatens to not invite her to a party yeah. with her. She forces Anya to cheat and take Heather Sinclair's paper. Yeah. So Anya turns it in. And when they're in class, Mia compliments Anya's earring. She compliments her earrings. This is all that she does. She says, those are nice earrings. And because Mia, outside of Anya's control, says, those are nice earrings, Holly J raises her hand and is like, hey, Mr. Teacher Man, science guy, Bill Nye the science guy. Um, the seance guy? <laughs> the seance guy. Bill Nye the seance guy. Anya cheated. And I know for a fact. And here's my I other paper. And I was just like, was she going to do that regardless? Or is it just because of the earring compliment? Well, she go, well, did you say I, I was laughing too hard. So did you say that she was like, she cheated and she was like, which is why I did my own paper and she had done the, did you say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was so maniacal. I was like, so I feel like she was going to do it no matter what. Yeah. Oh, uh, but that was so maniacal. And then, and then. Anya and Mia are talking afterwards and Anya's like, I don't want to be home by myself on a Friday night. So. Well, yeah, because Mia, Mia's being like, I can't believe she would do that to you. And then, and she's like, well, the good news is you like can cut her off now. And then Holly J walks out and she's like, so Anya, this party Friday, I'll pick you up. We'll go there. And Anya's like, yeah, sure. Of course, Holly J. And Mia's like gobsmacked. She's like, she just fucking got you in so much trouble. And she's like, well, that and then she's like, I don't want to be alone like you on a Friday night. I'll take a zero. So it's like this person's self-esteem is completely wrapped up in what Holly J says and does. I would love to get like a therapist's reading on these two characters because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's total codependence. But one is like in need of the, the boss and the other one is like so afraid of like losing the power from the it's a bizarre they're not oh. thinking this much about it but like yeah what a test case and fucking like codependency oh, yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on there but not as much as what's going on with their clothes oh tell us about it did you see that they were wearing, there was a lot of uh, button down long sleeve shirts with vests over mm. top. It was like a very preppy, weird layered look. Okay. It seemed to be cool. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> it actually wasn't more interesting than their dynamics, which are very bizarre. Yeah, they're, they're crazy. It's not, 
it's not abnormal. I definitely think this happens really, really frequently, but yes, it's just yeah. unfortunate that, that it happens. There's also something in the A story that was funny when, that we forgot to say when Caitlin walks in and Marco's like, oh, he can't believe the, the famous Caitlin Ryan is in his house. And she, and she goes, um, do you think I could talk to, uh, Ellie for a sec? And Marco goes, Oh yeah. Take, take a lot of sex. Have a lot of sex. <laughs> That's funny. Marco's such and a he's dad. Like, Wait, nope. I don't yeah, mean that. Marco's such a grandpa. <laughs> Marco is such a dad. <laughs> Ellie is also very guilty of calling people like something von something house. She mm-hmm. does it in this episode too. She calls them like, uh, what does she say? I don't know. I didn't write it. I down. I did write it down. Uh, maybe I didn't write it down. I guess I didn't write it down. Did you think that Caitlin's documentary was supposed to be like an inconvenient truth or something? Was that around that time? Probably. Probably. Mr. Von Barkenbanger. She does that all the time. She says that shit. Mm-hmm. Pouty Von Poutmeister. Who did she say that to? Freshman Jesse. Oh. That's when she is going to do the Q&A and he finds out. Mm-hmm. And she calls him Pouty Von Poutmeister. I do a lot of adding Mick and Steen to someone's name. Not anymore. That was like a long time ago. Did you yeah. used to do that? I used to do that, though. Yeah, back in the day. So uh, I guess that's it. I think that's it. Wow. So Yeah, Rach, you know what we do. We do this thing one to ten, how much it goes mm-hmm. there. It's a patented scale. We got it. Mm-hmm. We got a patent yeah. on it. No one else can do it. We know. We the know. go there scale. So, Rach, how much did you think episode 708, Jesse's Girl, went there? I gave it a four. That might be high. I don't think but so. But the whole... The B story was a little extreme, and then uh, Jesse cheating on Ellie, and Ellie apparently becoming an mm. alcoholic overnight, and almost choosing Jesse over her career. I mean, let's let's put the the brakes on career. She's a freshman in college. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Who is she? A famous Christina Aguilera? I mean, all these things count towards a career. I guess so. Yeah, I said I was going to say a five or a six because I think yeah. the dynamics of everything are like a little bit like uh, yeah. heady and I couldn't figure yeah. them out, especially in the first episode where I was just like, who is the first story? A story. Who's who's what is everybody's feeling? Like, it feels like yeah. everybody's a little all over the place. Maybe that's just like sloppy writing. But then in the B story, that crazy single white female relationship that they have the Anya and Holly over a compliment on some earrings dude she tore it down so I'm gonna say a five so I'm going with a five okay five yeah sounds good yeah that's all I got so pal yes my pal out of all these characters Anya and Holly J and Mia Danny Hoyer Steny Hoyer and Bill Nye, the seance guy, and Caitlin, the award-winning environmentalist, and Freshman Jesse, and Griffin, and that other guy that they tried to set Marco up on a date with, whose name I already forgot, and Marco and Paige, the guy who works at the core, who's talking to them in the beginning, yeah, and he went on a date with Marco once a few episodes ago, and I don't remember his name, Um, and... Derek, <laughs> Derek <was laughs> out of all these people, yeah. out of all these people <laughs> mm. and probably some others that I forgot to mention. Yeah. Who, who would you highlight as your most valuable Degrassian for this episode? Episode 708, Jesse's girl. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I mean, everybody was kind of all over the place in this episode for me, except for Paige. But yeah. I feel like Paige wasn't like in it enough to be an MVP no. to most valuable Degrassi. But she was pretty, but Stacey Mystician was pretty good, I guess. She sort of was being a feminist, uh, telling her to choose her career. Uh, Mia was very nice. Mm-hmm. I like Mia. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm going to have to go with Holly J. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Holly J because uh, what a performance, what a, what a like tight, like a way to announce yourself. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen her before and she's been a pretty nondescript mean girl, but today it just ratcheted up from like nondescript mean girl to like wild sociopath, which um, I'm here for. I got to say, it's funny. Like if, 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 if uh hot Peter did this exact same thing, I'd be I'd be, you know, throwing them to the lions, but I don't know. There's something about like the, you know, I think the difference is because when hot Peter does it, it's with this like level of creepiness that I can't Mm -hmm. get past. But when like Holly J does it, there's like a gleam in her eye. Like this is just where she feels most at home (laughs) being an evil person. So, um, Excited to see how this goes, how how we're gonna turn. She's it's gonna end up being like her mother's an alcoholic or she's poor or something, and and that's yeah. why she's so uh, mean. But as for now, I'm excited to go on this ride with this character who's really proving herself to be uh, a force to be reckoned with. So I'm saying <laughs> Holly J Robinson. What did I call her? Holly J Sinclair Sullivan. What's her name? Sinclair. Sinclair. Why did I keep calling her a couple of weeks ago? Holly J. Not saying it. <laughs> what was it? I'm not saying it. I'm not going to say it again. I've, I've already. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Holly Marie Combs. <laughs> Holly Marie Combs works for me. <laughs> remember, remember Holly Marie Combs? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who is Holly yeah, it's Marie a... Combs? What? Who is Holly Marie Combs? I'm, I was thinking of Sean Puffy Combs. No, Holly Marie Combs is an actor. Oh, I don't know that name. I'm going to look it up. You tell me your MVD, Most Valuable Degrees. Um, it was hard to pick someone from this episode. My gut instinct was Ellie, so I went with Ellie. Holly Marie Combs is the third sister from Charmed. Oh. Not Shannon Doherty, not Who's the Boss. <clears throat> so you were going with the great Eleanor Nash. Froshman Ellie, going with Froshman Ellie. So tell me about Eleanor Nash. So Eleanor Nash... Um, I felt like this was her episode and the thing that I liked was how she eventually came around to like what was the right thing to do for her. Yeah. Um, and I appreciated her getting drunk and <laughs> saying all that to Caitlin on stage. <laughs> that was pretty good. I do agree. Yeah. I like, and then she straight up called her a slut. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Uh, and worth it so i went with ellie i liked in the in the q a when she turned her and she was like um uh caitlin can you please tell tell us all about your mysticious ways (laughs) i did like that part too mysticious ways it's all right very mysticious i did like that one too um fun fact about this episode i was looking it up uh, the other day I was I was checking out season seven and apparently the first part of season seven up through the last episode aired in the fall and then this started like months later. So there was like a weird break in between. Wait, say it again. Say that again. So season seven, episode 701 through 707 aired in the fall of 2006. And then this one started in the spring of 2007. So they took like a four month break in between. Um, Writer's and then, strike probably. <laughs> I don't I think it must have been the writer's strike. Um so there's it's not halfway through the season. There's more than half of it left. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of one-parters in the season, not not as many two-parters, so it might take us a while to get through, but yeah, there was a weird break in between uh the first half of season 7 and this part. Writer's strike. I think it was I think it was most likely it was the writer's strike. <laughs> They were, you know what happened? They couldn't, they had to wait till they had to do this episode next. So they needed to get Caitlin. So they had to get uh, Stacy Mystician's schedule had to clear up. So they needed to take some time off until our, our gotcha. uh, stuff holidays and all that stuff. Yeah. Holiday far away. Weezer. Right? So, yeah. So that's our, that's our episode. Um, you can find us on the internet. You can find us at Instagram at sparklespaz28. We got to tell everybody we're not going to, there's not going to be an episode because Rachel's going on vacation. Yeah. Next week, there's not going to be a new episode. <clears throat> so going, we're going to have one week off. She's going on a super spreader vacation. 
not going on a super spreader vacation. Don't don't super spread lies about She's me. She's going to be going to a whole bunch of places maskless. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just she's, taking some days off. She's just, just uh, guys, leave, give her a fucking break, Broomheads. Just taking a couple of days off. <laughs> um, it's my son's birthday so yeah, on Sunday. It's it's Max's birthday on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Pat's taking the whole week off too. <laughs> it was birthday week. He's off the whole week from school. That's why. Well, that's not why, yeah. but we would have done an episode, but mm-hmm. he is off all it week. W- it would be a lot. Um, We've so done a lot of weeks in a row without any breaks. We have. We have because there's nothing to do <laughs> right now except for work and eat and sleep and record a podcast. And impeach the, the former president. Yeah, but we don't, we're not directly involved with that. So. I feel like I am. <laughs> I feel a little bit like I am directly involved. Yeah, so so we'll be off next week, but uh, you can catch up with us on the internet. You can find us on Instagram at SparkleSpaz28. You can find us on Facebook at Deem Podcast or the Facebook group, The Dope Monkeys and the Broomheads. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Deem. You can send us an email at everyepisodever at gmail.com. And that's it. I'm gonna, you know what? Next time, next on Patreon, Patreon, uh, we're gonna, what we're gonna do is we're gonna rank the broomheads. So we're gonna do our top (laughs) ten. We're gonna do our top ten broomheads. So, so if you want to hear, if you're on there, I don't know, you might not get on there. You might get on there. Who knows? Top ten broomheads. That's not what we're doing for the Patreon. We're gonna do the miniature, the rest of those miniatures. Yes, the miniatures. Well, the season six ones. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, how much are you dreading closing out of this and then starting all another one of these things? A five. <laughs> all right, broomheads. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>